Hello, welcome to This is the Dream Life. It's an escape for your mind, taking you somewhere amazing. You'll see beautiful places, get immersed in wondrous atmospheres. You'll learn something. You'll stand on the precipice between waking and sleep, and you'll either fall into an adventure or you'll fall asleep. Come with me. This is the dream life. You descend the aircraft stairs. The weight of your cowboy platform boots pull you quickly to the next step. Which is a bit disconcerting, because you can't see so well through your thick black aviator goggles. Whew. This heat is like a furnace, blasting at your skin. And the self-restraining doubt you had about wearing a shimmering gold bikini on the plane is blown away with the gust of dust flying by and dressing you in a fine coat of pale ash. You turn your head away to breathe more easily and you reach into your rucksack for a scarf. You look like a high-flying bikini bandit, heading to a mind-blowing, soul-igniting pop-up art festival located in the middle of the Nevada desert. Along with 70,000 other burners who've arrived for the experience of a lifetime. You cover your nose and mouth and dive through the swirling dust storm. As you walk through the desert, it's like being in a Star Wars film. There are weird and wonderful mythical beings and hybrid aliens strolling around. But it's much more revolutionary than this. Imagine a quiet, empty desert landscape suddenly fill up with astonishing art installations and powerful, inspiring music for nine days of the year. And people from all walks of life, from all around the world, dropping their identity and restraints and becoming a greater, truer version of themselves. You've arrived at the welcome area. After getting your hand stamped, you go inside a simple container with lots of hearts and cool messages written on the sides. You read, everything you can imagine is real. Be happy for this moment, for this moment is your life. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Hmm, cool. You go inside and see a floor full of dust. 
you're invited to roll around and get your wings. It's a kind of initiation ceremony to integrate yourself with the landscape. Okay, second self-restraint dropped. You get onto the floor, dig your back into the dust and you make angel wings. Then you go onto your front and you do the same. It's actually a nice feeling. The dusty sand is fine and warm, but it's gone under your bikini. You get up, people clap, and you get a dusty hug. Welcome to Burning Man. You exit the container. There's not much going on here. You'll probably need a lift to the camp. You spot a tiny cubicle. Ah, good. That's probably a porta potty. That's somewhere to shake out that dust that gets everywhere. You open the plastic door and to your surprise, there's a shirted man behind a small bar and he's got bottles of spirits and liqueurs on shelves behind him. And you see a woman in a very dusty, once golden bikini looking aghast in the mirrored wall behind him. Welcome, madam. Would you like a drink? After a couple of seconds, you burst out laughing. The festival has been going on for some days already. It's an amazing camp, orientated in a big circle around a giant wooden construction in the shape of a man. At the top end of the camp, there's the creative space called the Playa. And this is the surreal, vibrant carnival of wonder, full of art and activities that set the spirit free. The area is seven square miles. So most people bring their own wheels and there are hundreds of multicolored bicycles, some skateboards, tricycles. There's an electric armchair and a penny farthing and a giant hovering vacuum cleaner. But these fun vehicles are the small players next to the blockbusting, ingeniously flamboyant art cars. You see a fire spewing dragon in the distance and a magnificent pirate ship sailing across the desert. A two-story swan gliding along to classical music flaps its mechanical wings and electronic beats are added to rev up the sound. It extends its neck as if it's ready to take off and water comes shooting out through the sides, spraying the riders and all the people in its path. You laugh. Then a woman dressed as a tropical garden comes up to you, offering you juicy red slices of watermelon on a plate. She says, if you don't like the watermelon, you can pick another fruit. You gaze at the array of grapes and apricots, lemon slices and bananas nestled in her floral headdress, and the strategically dangling berries adorning a silver net bikini. Restraint number three doesn't want to be dropped, and you don't want to ruin her art, so you take a watermelon slice. Isn't it wonderful to have people share food and gifts for free? That's one of the festival principles, and the new Carmen Miranda has certainly brought some smiles to other fruit pickers and eaters. Cold watermelon is just what you need in this heat. 
It tastes so zingy. Your hands and your face are now sticky. And of course, there's no running water. You guess dust is the desert cleaner and you swish your hands in the gray silty sand. The area is thriving with activities. It's like a market square with absolutely nothing for sale. That's forbidden, but offering every kind of workshop and experience, along with more wonderful offers of food and drink. There are dance classes, meditation classes, free haircuts and massages, face painting, jewelry making, a roller disco area, where do you begin? Everyone is so friendly and giving, hugging like their family. You start to feel a bit alone. You don't know anyone here. And even if you did, would you be so lovey-dovey with them? You feel yourself start to retreat inwardly, worried about going to that level of openness, but also worried about getting excluded. A sweet girl, Dressed as a shimmering peacock is dancing with a flock of friends around her. She's drunk on happiness. She catches your eye, and in that split moment, you feel like you can see her soul, and you yearn to be as integrated and euphoric. You pull your eyes away and launch towards a friendship bracelet stand. Before you can think about where you are, a man painted in silver with antennae on his head, approaches you. He has a label around his neck saying, Why the Phi? You realize it's a question because there's a question mark at the end together with a W-H-Y spelling of why. He welcomes you and asks you, how's your burn? You smile and tell him it's amazing, but it's quite overwhelming and you don't know where to start tells you it doesn't matter where you start. Make now the start. He gives you two strings of leather and tells you to decorate both. One with beads that represent you as you know yourself now, and one with beads that represent you as you'd like yourself to be. Really? Beads can do this? He shows you a tray of beads. It's an amazing array of choice, and you see what he means. There are shiny cool ones, there are gnarled wooden ones, plastic fun ones. Plus there are ribbons, feathers, precious stones and blank beads to write something on. It's really interesting finding the beads that appeal and categorizing them into you as you are now and you as a fuller version of yourself. You get lost in the task and happily become picky about finding the right ones. bracelets are finished and you're very happy. For sure the second bracelet with your wishes is more vibrant and extravagant 
but that's probably normal. You've even included some tacky plastic fruit beads and feathers. The Why the Fi guy, what a name, says he just picked up some signals of contentment through his antennae, coming from your direction. You let your laughter out. He says you have a blinding smile, which has just raised the energy of the camp, and he can now transmit this into the ether. You like this guy, and spontaneously you hug each other. No restraint dropped, just genuine reaction. He now gives you instructions. You need to wear the second bracelet, the one that represents the greater you, and you need to give away the first bracelet to another burner here at the camp. This way, someone accepts you, carries you, and looks after you, just as you are. That's beautiful. Will you do that? He asks. Doesn't matter who it is. Don't be predictable. Why the Fi guy just convinced you? You then ask a burning question. What's the Fi in Why the Fi? He laughs with you. The fear impulse. Why the fear impulse? Hmm, good question. You say bye to Why the Fi and leave. in a car made like a jewelry box cruise alongside the camp. Wow, that's an eye catcher. It's like an opened white box with gilt edge trimmings on wheels. Inside, there's a dark pink velvet interior with a figure of a funky ballerina. She's wearing kaleidoscope crystal goggles, a flaming red tutu and lace-up boots whirling round and round to electronic opera music. The driver, a man with bare chest and a bow tie, offers you a lift to the plier. The woman next to him with a multicoloured baroque wig and a high ruffled corset urges you in. Well, you feel a bit underdressed, but wow, that's an opportunity. You sit inside. Below the ballerina and next to some giant gold rings with coloured glass at the top. This is a pretty amazing transformation. And you remember the words written at the welcome container. Well, this car certainly didn't find itself looking like this one morning. You lower your goggles over your eyes and the car sets off. The Baroque woman turns round. Well, welcome. Looks like we found a beautiful golden nugget. She smiles at you. You feel like you've lost your shine, but you like the compliment. Hi, nugget. A voice from your right side just spoke, and you look through the oversized golden rings adorning the middle of the back row, and you see a nice-looking man casually staring at you. He's got black goggles and black hair flowing around and a ripped orange t-shirt. He somehow looks timeless and misplaced in this car. He gives you a dazzling smile. I'm Matthias, 
you almost forget to say hi. And then you see a large dusty hand come through the ring and squeeze your hand. Hi. The woman tells you to lift up the lid next to the ballerina and find some colorful gems. You turn around to look over the back of your seat. Wow, under the lid is a mirrored cabinet filled with beautifully shaped bottles of liquid delights. There are cocktail glasses and cocktail sticks prepared with cherries and pineapple chunks. Oh, this is so nice. Help yourself, the lady says. Pick your favorite color. Hmm, they all look charming. You look at Matthias next to you and you ask him if he'd like a drink. You make goggle contact for some seconds and you feel warmth and amusement in his face behind the aloofness. He says he trusts you and he'll take what you're having. You notice that one of the bottles contains the same orange shade of liquid as his t-shirt, plus a bit of a golden hue of your bikini. You lift it out and pour two glasses. That's not so easy when a giant jewelry box car is moving. You put in some fruit and top it up with ice. Here, a burner special. And you hand one to him. Cheers. You both drink an amazing cocktail, riding through the amazing desert, with chilled opera blasting out. A giant mechanical chicken walks by. An enormous snail on caterpillar tracks charges along. And then your companion points to some kind of scrap metal lobster car with a scary octopus on the top shooting fire through its tentacles. You couldn't dream this. The car stops on the playa next to the swinging art installation. You and Matthias get out. Have you been to the festival before? He nods many times. I'm one of the organizers. He lifts his goggles. He's got striking green eyes. You didn't expect this. You ask him what he recommends. He looks bemusedly, almost provocatively at you. What do you want? From the top of your head, you joke that you would like a shower, knowing that this is not going to happen. Go to the car wash over there. You'll come out sparkling. Ah, maybe it will. You thank him for his tip. And before you part, you remember your first friendship bracelet. And grabbing at your courage, you ask him if he would wear it. Sure. I don't want to leave a jewelry box without a souvenir. He smiles coolly. Tie it on me. You're delighted to do so. And you hug goodbye for a nice long time.
So there's a large plexiglass container and people are going inside, lots of them. An organizer bellows out, free wash, shine and dry. Some faces that you've met before smile at you and beckon you to come in. You get swept along by the joyful crowd. And as you're standing there, packed side by side, wondering what's going to happen, foamy soap sprays from an upper platform all over the people. You laugh and squirm as you get covered in a light bubbly lather, dodging the spray, yet happy when it comes. Then comes the real shocking fun. A giant hose starts spraying cold water over everyone. It's sheer joy and merriment. Nothing could be more welcome and sharply refreshing. People fall over each other and help each other up. Your bikini is drenched, but that's what bikinis are for. Hey, you can see your skin again as the dust washes off. You hold your head up and let your face and hair be washed. It's fantastically cold, followed by an instant heat hit of the sun. The door gets opened and you come out laughing as a group. Feeling ever so clean, almost born again. You are shimmering in the sun. Many head to their bikes and you're curious about how they got a bike. So you ask a soaked radiant woman who you slipped over many times in the car wash. Apparently she brought it, as did most of the burners who arrive on four wheels. But she's heading off to the temple, and if you want to come with her, she'll lend you some wheels. She reaches into her backpack and produces some kind of modified skateboard. It's electric, she says, and it's really easy to learn. Huh. Those pesky restraints are trying to come up again. Having never mastered a skateboard, you now have an advanced version of one. You think, and unconsciously start fiddling with your bracelet. Ah yes, you have a bracelet for the person you'd like to be, made under the instruction of the Why the Fear Impulse guy. One of the beads is the same glossy black colour as the skateboard. Sure, you say. I'll give it a try. at a beautiful, serene wooden temple after a baptism of fire. Your cleanliness has gone, but somehow the feeling that you're born again has intensified. You have some tender spots, which will become big bruises very soon. But self-development isn't a walk in the park. It's an electric skate through the desert. The light is starting to fade and this adds an air of magic to the temple. It's entirely made of wood 
in a spiral formation, swirling up to the sky where there's an open funnel at the top. The play of light between the wooden planks is beautiful, harmonic, and ever so peaceful. It's like a fine lace mesh separating you from another world. Shadow and light crisscross repeatedly over the people and this in itself brings many moods. Some burners sit down to meditate in the light, but this soon becomes darker with the moving sun and in turn becomes bright again. The temple is silent, probably the only place in the camp without music or vocals but it's certainly not without joy. People turn inwards here, some to reflect on their lives, some to reflect on the lives of others. The interior of the wooden planks have all kinds of photos, drawings and messages in honor of the people that are loved and may be lost. In the center, there's a conical altar decorated with flowers and candles. And above there are lanterns, seemingly floating up out of the funnel. You sit down, stunned by the tenderness and beauty of the moment, feeling the orange sun bathe the interior and all its contents. And it bows out of the day. Your heart melts and opens. At some point, you notice a familiar figure come to the altar and pluck flowers out of her hair, and she lays them in a circle on a black and silver scarf, like a wreath. You realize this is the Carmen Miranda lady who handed out fruit so temptingly earlier on. All the fruit is gone, and all that's left are the silver strings of her bikini. She looks beautiful without adornment. Just her almost naked self, allowing her sadness through. The sun has set and the candles are lit. You look up the length of the altar and see an enclosed circle of stars above. You get up. There are fewer people now and you see Carmen Miranda at the entrance with a new, deeper radiance. She spots you and you hug spontaneously. Her playa name is Sahara Rose. What's yours? She asks. You laughingly say, Nugget? You walk together over the hard, dusty playa towards the wooden man in the middle. It's burn night, and you can already see flames around the platform that holds the 60-foot-high effigy of a man. Sahara Rose tells you that she comes to Burning Man every year, and at home she loves growing fruit and flowers. 
and with each year her garden is more beautiful because she brings back so much love. From this barren, arid desert, life-changing and life-enhancing things occur. Through the heat of the desert air, you feel the heat of the flames around the platform of the man. He stands impressively solid, lit up with neon lights facing the great wide distance. Suddenly fireworks shoot out of his side, then into the air above. The crowds cheer and clap. Then from the round roof above him, golden showers of fire rain down all around him. It's gorgeous, all these elements coming together. You look around the platform. There are manned barriers at a wide distance from the effigy, keeping people out. You want to get as near as possible, and you make your way through the crowd. You see a group of workers guarding the man. They take a torch, and they go to a nearby fire drum to light it. They're wearing fireproof monk-like hoods over their heads and upper body and they stand in a circle, like tribesmen watching and waiting. Almost synchronized, they walk inwards towards the man and form a circle around the platform. Together, like in some ancient pagan ritual, they raise their torches to the wood from underneath. Catches fire easily. They throw their torches up, and the men walk back, taking their stations at the barrier. The fire is burning nicely, going higher and higher up the wood. At the barrier, an arm from one of the hooded men cautiously presses you and Sahara Rose back as an explosion happens on stage. You're stunned. The effigy ignites from the blast, and in moments it's ablaze. Sahara Rose hugs you. Okay? she asks. You nod, pensively, and then you release her hug and go along the barrier towards the hooded man. You look down his arm to his wrist and you see a bracelet. It's him, Matthias. 
You tap his shoulder. He turns and recognizes you. Nugget, you found me. And he plants a kiss on your cheek. Come here, it's warmer. He opens the barrier and takes you in his arms. More fireworks shoot up and another explosion. Goodness, you're happy. And what happens to all this joy? Does it burn with the man? Or does it really go up into the ether? With the help of Why the Fire, of course. Your hand holds Matthias's hand. And your two bracelets touch.